0: Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. So let's just pray. If you'll pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you, because without the Holy Spirit, I am useless, absolutely useless. So, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you, which I know you already do, and you're cultivating the hearts of your people that have gathered here today. Father, they came in with a need, and they came to receive. Some came to pour out, but some are in a place where they need to receive from you. So, Father, we're asking for an impartation of your word that will take root in our heart, and it will bring forth a harvest. Father, we know that you're all about multiplication, and everything that you do in your kingdom, you Put an expectation of growth on it. And so, God, we just ask that you would use this time for your purpose and for your kingdom. May this word go forth and accomplish what you have designed it to accomplish. And Holy Spirit, would you just fill me and anoint me to deliver the word that you've placed in my heart to deliver. And may I do it just the way that you designed it to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a few weeks ago, we were... um, here at service and I felt that God spoke a word to me about um, playing it safe and so today on the first Sunday of 2021 I believe that God wants to speak to us through that and so I began to think and ponder on the idea of of playing it safe what is that what does that really entail and what is what does that mean and and what's he speaking to us about not playing it safe and so there's an inherent instinct for us to want to feel safe. Can we all agree with that? We don't like to feel like we're um, uncomfortable or in a situation where we don't feel safe. You can even take a baby, for instance. And when a baby is born, as soon as they're swaddled, you know, they come out, they cry, which is uh, physiologically the right thing that it needs to do to clear out those lungs. But also, it has left an environment, the womb, a place where it was enclosed and comforted in a warm place inside of its mother's womb and now it has come out into this bright new world and the first thing that baby does is begin to cry and so what do we tend to want to do as humans we want to wrap that baby up we want to swaddle it nice and tight because we know we know that that baby will feel comforted and secure if we wrap it up nice and tight Most babies love to be swaddled. There are a gajillion, Lucas could probably tell us, all the swaddling products that are on the market these days because I know that Sam, who just had a baby not too long ago, had all the swaddling products that are available because babies feel secure and at rest. Even though they have learned nothing, they understand what it means to feel secure. Isn't that amazing? So think of all the things that we've implemented in our lives to help us feel safe. So I asked, I did a little uh, polling of the family the past few days, and, and I asked them, what are the things that make you feel safe? And so some of those things are locks on our doors. We get in the car. We don't even have to lock them if you drive a car that automatically locks the door when you get in. But we lock the car door. Most of us lock the house door. I know a few of you do not, but but that makes us feel safe. We have retirement plans because that makes us feel safe. We have insurance because that makes us feel safe. We don't go to sketchy places at night after dark because that would make us feel unsafe, right? Sex education is so you'll be safe. We have a backup plan, like an emergency plan, and an emergency fund. Well, I'm going to set this aside for when the emergency, because that's wisdom, right? That's smart things to do. Uh, being in a lit room versus walking in a dark room. Most of us would prefer to be in a lit room than walking through a dark room. I think it kind of depends on how many horror movies you watched and the suspense thrillers, because that definitely increases the anxiety, but that's a... Another message. So a nice blanket can make us feel secure. Anybody like to wrap up in a blanket? We have blankets galore in our house. Having a having people around you that you trust make you feel secure. Familiarity, things that you're familiar with, new things don't make us feel secure, right? They make they can make us feel anxious uh, going into maybe coming into this church for the first time today doesn't make you feel is it a little uncomfortable but we pray that when the presence of God starts to flow we're one mind and we're one heart and that brings security and comfort what about economic and political stability that makes us feel secure right because when it's not what happens people start acting crazy That's what happens nothing wrong with any of these things it's just the nature of us wanting to feel secure. The fact is is that most of us have created worlds around us that make us feel safe. When we don't feel safe, we begin to feel uncertain, insecure, anxious, and despair. The unknown is a huge factor in how safe we feel. Like most things, there's a spectrum from one extreme to the other as to what one person compared to another may cause them to feel safe or not. If we pulled this room, that list that I went through, there may have only been one thing on that list that makes you feel uh, insecure. But you may be that person you're like, well, that, I could have clicked off every one of those items because I like to feel safe. I like to feel safe. Just think, as parents, think of the number of times you tell your kids, to be careful or be safe any parent ever done that I mean even when they're adults we still say it so um we've learned that being safe is the best thing uh we we in our family like to watch this comedian Tim Hawkins and I don't know if you've watched any of his uh comedy stuff um and uh but he has this whole bit about parents, you know, you always tell your kids, you know, be careful when they leave or if somebody falls, you, you're you like, be careful, you know, and he always says, well, that's good advice too late, you know, they've already fallen, why are you telling them to be careful? But one of the things he says, he says, what if we just told people, you know, drive fast and take chances, you know, use your road rage if you have to. And I always think that's so funny. So we'll say that sometimes when Nathaniel goes to leave. I mean, I don't mean that, you know. What I mean is right the opposite. (laughs) But it is true. That's not something that we would say, right? Go use some road rage today, Nathaniel. No, I'm not going to say that to him. You know, I'm going to say don't take chances. You watch for your surroundings. You know, there's safety in numbers, those are all the things as a woman did did any of your mamas ever warn you to make sure you had a buddy with you and that there's safety in numbers and and you know I'm a little older than some of you but my mom always made sure I had a quarter in my pocket so I could make phone call if I got in a situation I needed to get out of what about all the safety nets that we put in place for our kids Um, when I always tell my kids of course it's you're all going to know now but <laughs> I always tell my kids make me the scapegoat. If you feel uncomfortable, if you need to get out of a situation, you tell them that my mama said. Right? Because that made her made them feel safe. You can call me anytime. I'll come get you. You never have to feel stuck. I want you to feel safe. Those are all the things that we go through to make sure that we're safe. However, Playing it safe limits the distance that we can go. Safety creates boundaries we, were, uh, we are meant to live within. Rules and guidelines, moral and ethical codes exist to create this theory of greater good for the majority. We have them all around us, right? So how many of you watched something play out in a movie or show and thought, why are they going through towards the danger? And you le- yell at the TV, you're like, don't go in there. Why do they do that? They're going in the dark room. They're going towards the scary sound. And most women want their husbands to go towards the scary sound. Amen. Amen. <laughs> We're going to stay in the bed with our head covered up <laughs> and pray. <laughs> but it's true. That's the way we, we want to avoid danger. We don't want to be put in unsafe situations. To, to do the opposite, seems counterintuitive to function outside of what feels safe it's just not easy to do that the flip side of this coin is the kingdom of heaven it does not function in the arena of playing it safe the journey with God as we grow in God all these desires begin to stir in us you know, we, we get introduced to God. It's a stirring within us to make that commitment to him. takes a little bit of courage to do that, to say, I want to follow you, Jesus. It feels like the unknown. We've not been this way before. It's not somewhere that we're familiar with. It can feel a little unsafe and unsure. And he will continue as we grow in him to put us in those situations where we feel unsure or a little bit unsafe we'll have those feelings of anxiousness or uncertainty or doubt that want to come up in us that causes us to want to withdraw and not push forward and to make that move it takes it is instinctually opposite of the way we want to respond but he's calling us to do that he call he's calling us to do that and so when god begins to stir things within us when he begins to talk to us through his word or through um or through his presence, or in an atmosphere or a situation, or he begins to weave and move our course into directions that we had not seen before, or that we did not feel was safe uh, for us, and he begins to shake things up in our life, then we can begin to feel insecure. And it's not always easy to not play it safe. Because that's instinctually the thing that we want to do. We want to feel safe. And so as he begins to prompt things and stir stuff in our spirit, we begin to have these feelings. You know, he's trying to, God is stretching us. We say that a lot here. You know, he does. He does not want us to stay the way we are. Everything that God does is for increase and multiplication. He did not intend salvation is but the first step on this journey in this relationship. It's the same if your marriage, if all you did was make the covenant in words, but there were no deeds or actions or growth from that point, there wouldn't be much to show for that marriage. And it's the same way. It's the same way with God. He wants to move us along in the course. And that is him not wanting us to want to play it safe all the time. So he likes to uh, move us out of our comfort zone. He likes to switch things up on us. And he only lets us have part of the plan. That's it, right? You know, we're like, God, if you just give me a little bit more of the plan, I'd feel more safe (laughs) to make this step. You know, but you're just telling me to do this, and I need more. And he's going, just trust me. Don't play it safe, I won't fail you, I'll carry you, we'll walk through this together. But our intuition, our instinct is to want to draw back and be like, uh, not till you tell me some more, right? We want all the answers to all the questions that we have. And he really is saying, hey, I'm going to give it to you as I think you can handle it. But if you'll trust me and, and, and walk with me through this, I promise you I will not fail you. He will not fail us. So let's think of a few things and a few stories in scripture. Instead of focusing on the what ifs and, and, and that sort of thing when he says, um, come this way with me, you know, when, um, when he begins to stir and speak things much like us starting the church. And I, that was a big thing big thing when he began to stir that and we wanted all the answers and he was not quick to give the answers the first thing that he spoke was actually the name of the church that was it that's what he said I knew in my spirit that that was the name of a church and I was like all right well now what (laughs) right and it began a journey of us just trusting him and taking one step at a time was not easy there were many times where we weren't even sure what direction to go but we were just trying to be led by his spirit and so um, if we look at the Bible let's look at the story of Esther because these are real people that went through real situations that are much like uh, us things that we walk through or we experience so Esther she saved a nation right? Ultimately, she saved a nation, but she didn't just save a nation, you know what I mean? That didn't just happen in a moment. Esther had to go through a process. Esther was even denying her heritage of who she was, and um, she was a queen who could have sat on her throne. She was lovely, so she had a nice little perch, so to speak, a nice little place to be, and had she not followed the leading of God, had she just been willing to just sit sit there and have all the luxuries of the queen that she had that could have that was really nice that's comfortable that's secure but here God was calling her to go before the king who could have killed her just by coming before him she she had to take a chance she had to follow the leading of the spirit she had to move out of that thing that felt safe and move into that place that felt uncomfortable. And so she goes before the king, and she shares her heart with him. And you know what? Even for her to get up the courage to do that, she called all of the the children of Israel to fast, fast with me, because I'm going to need some extra oomph, some extra oomph to get through this. And she knew that it wasn't going to be an easy thing for her to do. But had she not done it, the whole nation of Israel could, could have been destroyed. But God called her to move. I'm sure it would have been much nicer to soak in those tubs with all those herbs and incense and, you know, eat all those fine foods and wear all those fine clothes. That would have been the easy part. That would have been the safe thing to do. This is easy. This feels good. But no, instead he says, go before a king who could kill you and then turn around and kill a whole nation, right? But she took a chance. And because of that, God saved the nation through her obedience, her willingness to not play it safe. Let's think about Mary just a minute. Mary was a young girl, young. I mean, maybe that, you know, I mean, I know it was all part of God's plan, but when you just kind of narrate and marinate on the story, you think, well, you know, that was really smart of God to go to a young girl, a young teenage girl, somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16. You know, we don't, I don't really know exactly how old she was. That was young But he knew, you know, he probably knew I can go to her and I can say this. Because if he comes to me, I've got a lifetime of experience rolling through my head. And I'm like, what? You know, I may have been more like Sarah who said, but Lord, I'm old, (laughs) you know. Um, But he used a young girl. And she said, let it be as you will it to be. Let it be. She could have foresaw She knew, she understood the customs of her culture. She understood the way the world worked then and the community of believers that she was in and what it was going to cost her to not play it safe, to carry Jesus inside of her. She was unmarried and unwed, had been betrothed to a young man. There are a million ways that this story could have went south, right? Right? But they didn't use just their, um, they followed the leading of the spirit. They didn't just use their intellect to sort through it. You know, Wade and I, we were having a discussion about Joseph uh, a couple weeks ago during the Christmas season, and and I admired Joseph. I mean, what a man he was. I know that he had a visitation from an angel, but how many of us have had a visitation from God or a word that God has spoken in our spirit or something that he has uh, told us to do and we sit on it? And we don't move on it. But that wasn't the case with Joseph. The angel came. I can't imagine how perplexed he must have been. He was like, here, I just picked out this nice, sweet Jewish girl. And now you're going to tell me that she's going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit? (laughs) And I'm just supposed to marry her? Do you know what this will cost me? Do you know? I mean, I admire Joseph. I wish we knew more about his story. Because, man, for him to be willing to not play it safe. And he took her. We, I like to watch one of my favorite Christmas movies. I actually didn't watch it this year, but The Nativity Story. I love to watch that because it brings a realness to who Joseph and Mary were. And, you know, in Mary, in that movie, she's portrayed as not being so in love with Joseph in the beginning. She was doing it because that's what tradition required of her, you know, as a young Jewish woman um and here she was pregnant but as she watched him serve her and he served her faithfully i I know he had doubt he had to have doubt he was human and we just doubt that's what we do but he chose not to react to that doubt he chose to follow what God had spoken to him in spite of all the doubt in spite of what his friends had to have told him <laughs> like what are you thinking man You don't have to do this. I mean, that's what we would say today, right? Don't hook up with that situation. You need to run the other direction as fast as you can, right? But he had a word from the Lord. And he chose, in spite of everything that people were probably saying to him, to care for her and to love her in spite of that. And and in in that movie, there's a moment that she... They're walking, they're making their journey, and his feet are all kinds of tore up. I don't know if y'all f- seen that, remember that part, but his feet are tore up from walking because obviously he's allowing her, very, very pregnant, to ride on the donkey. You know, we all know that part of the story, and, um, and he's sacrificially giving more of himself than probably what he even knew he was able to give. In that situation, and there's a moment when her heart turns towards him, I believe, and she washes his feet from walking that long, dirty, dirty road. You know, she was just following God in obedience. She was just following him in obedience. And it took just a little bit of time for her heart to catch up. It just took a little bit of time. And I think that's the same with us, you know that we just need to follow in obedience and let our heart catch up to that and, and, and begin to see the faithfulness of our Father and to see how he guides us and loves us. And then before we know it, we're ready to pour it all out for him because we've spent enough time getting to know him and following his leading faithfully and not always just playing it safe, sitting on the sidelines. I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, I don't like to play sports and things like if I go to a party, I just want to sit at this table over here in this chair and then i I love watching everything else go on, but socially that's not a real comfortable situation for me and uh but I love to have people around. I love people tremendously and so God takes what I would want and he changes it because. I can't help but get excited when I see y'all come in the door. And I want to hug every one of you. COVID's been tough, you know. (laughs) I'm a hugger. And I don't want to separate from you, although that would be my nature to want to separate. I don't want to do that because that's not what God has led me to do. God has put something else inside of me. My nature may be one way, but God's nature is something else. And he can cause me to function outside of my comfort level which is always what he's doing, right? Moving us outside of our comfort level and stretching us. Teaching us not to play it safe. Don't play it safe with him. I hear him saying that. I hear him saying that. All of those things, you know, that we talked about that make us feel safe. He's not dangerous. He is wildly passionate and fierce. But he is good. He is good. He, all he knows is goodness. That's who he is. And he does not want us to play it safe with him. He doesn't. He wants to be able to say, Lance, I need you to go do this. And you go, oh, that's a way. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm sure you've had those moments. And we'll fight it and we'll fight it. And we'll sit on it sometime. And he's going, but man, the ride is going to be wild just come with me it's greater than anything you could imagine instead you know of us taking the safe way the safe way he's calling us out of that not because he is safe do you hear me he is safe these mindsets that we have and these other things that we put in place to keep us safe are wisdom and wise I'm not saying you shouldn't have a retirement plan or locks on your door or any of those things Or tell your kids to be careful when they walk out the door. (laughs) But I'm saying that we can trust God. We can trust him. And whatever he is asking you or urging you or speaking to you to do. And I'm not just talking about the big things, you know, starting a church. It's those little moments. Wade was sharing the other night that he went through a season where he'd open his sock drawer and he'd say, Lord, what color socks should I wear today? That seems really silly, right? But what if the color of socks he's wearing today stri- strikes up a conversation with this guy that he's in a meeting with for work and all of a sudden he's, he's able to share the love of Jesus with him? So if God told him to wear the red socks, then that act of obedience... Will move him along in the path of what God has for him. Okay, so then, so then we run across Peter, right? We all know about Peter. Oh, Peter! Um, we can usually all find somewhere in his story where we can we can see ourselves in his story, in Peter's story, somewhere along the way, right? I mean, he loved he loved Jesus. Jesus said, "I'll build my church on the knowledge that you have of who I am." So he he loved Peter, and Peter loved him. He's like, I'll cut his ear off for you, Jesus. You know, like really, and he was one of those people. <laughs> but Peter struggled; he had some struggles, he had some insecurities, and 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 he wanted to feel safe as well, right? I mean, I think of the the story after Jesus um, has been arrested, and where's Peter? Peter, where are you? Right? He's like, I got to get out of here. I just, I I can't. I got to get out of here. I got to separate myself from the situation. But if you look previously to that in Matthew, when he looks at Jesus and he says, bid me come out onto the water. That took faith. That wasn't playing it safe. He sees Jesus walking out on the water. And he says, he's not like, oh, Lord, what are you doing? He says, tell me to come out and join you. I mean, that took, that was getting out of his comfort zone. Let's read that passage of scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 through 31. And I like what Jesus, okay, so, you know, the the disciples are in the boat, a big storm comes up, Jesus is coming out on the water. That's where we're at in this story. And I mean, hello, I might be a little shocked too if I saw Jesus walking on the water, you know. But I think it's always um, always interesting, you know, when the angel appears or Jesus shows up that he knows we're going to have a reaction. Like, <laughs> what's, what's this? And he's always like, it's okay. Be brave. Do not be afraid. You know, like he wants to reassure our nature, our natural way of being. He always wants us to know that we're okay, that we're safe that we're safe in his presence he always wants us to know that then Jesus said be brave don't be afraid I am here Peter shouted out Lord if it's really you then have me join you on the water come and join me Jesus replied so Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus but when he realized how high the waves were he became frightened and he started to sink Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? And the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Be brave and don't be afraid. I believe he whispers those words to us every time he knows he is about to challenge our safety. I believe he does. But here's the cool thing. Peter was ready to take the risk and extend his faith to walk out onto the water with Jesus. He was ready to do that. Lord, if it's you, then let me join you on the water. And we often see this story as Peter's lack of faith because he sank in the water. But what if we change our perspective and we see that Peter couldn't do this in himself? He could not walk on that water in himself. And Jesus wasn't going to let him go. Yes, it didn't go exactly how Peter had planned, I'm sure. But it was an opportunity for Peter to get to know Jesus just a little bit more. He had the desire, the prompting to join Jesus, the call, tell me to come with you, Jesus, I want to come with you. And he did that, and he did sink. But did Jesus let him drown? No, he didn't let him drown. He said, trust me, I'm going to pick you back up. We're going to work on that faith. And you're going to get another opportunity. And he did. Peter did get another opportunity. And he led thousands and thousands to Christ. So let's not look at, let's not give Peter such a hard time, you know. Like, how would you have acted walking on the water? Would your faith have kept you in that moment? Or would you have been glad when doubt creeped in? Just like it said in that passage of scripture, don't let doubt. Don't let doubt in. Because we do have two choices, you know, to make. We can either choose faith or we can choose doubt. When we begin to feel him prompting us and pulling on us and wanting us to move, we have a choice. We can choose faith. And we can believe that in faith, God is with us. He goes before us. He's not going to let us fail. I mean, we sing about it, right? Is that a lie? Are we going to trust him in that moment? Are we going to let doubt hold us back from where God really wants to take us? To move us out of that place that feels naturally safe to us, but really we're safest in his presence. Really we're safest with him. Not when we separate ourselves from him, but we're safest in his presence. So we've heard it before. He's looking for our yes, right? We, we say that a lot here because, you know, um, God didn't cause, call us to plant a church. He didn't call any of us to do anything to be status quo or common he didn't he called us to be radical for him to shake things up to change the way things look right to impact the world around us that's what he's called us to look like not quiet dead (laughs) all the opposite things of radical (laughs) I have to be careful there but um but he didn't that's not who he called us to do but that's safe It's safe. I mean, I I look at it, um, let's just look at retirement plans for just a minute, only because this is an earthly way that we can process. You know, um, so if you have a 401k or some kind of retirement plan, they tell you when you're young to invest it in the most risky part of the market. Because the more you're willing to risk, the higher you could gain. And then as you get older, They tell you to find um, more stable uh, things to invest in as you get a little bit older, not to take that risk, not to let it fluctuate so much, you know, so that you don't risk as much. You're not as at risk of losing what you've invested. Um, And I just think that we're his children Age is not an issue with God. He sees us as his children, and he's saying if you'll do the riskier thing that I'm asking you to do that feels unsafe, if you'll stop playing it safe and take the risk to follow me, you're going to see a greater return. You're going to see a greater return for the kingdom of God. Okay. So he's looking for you to respond. He can work with a yes, but he can't work with God. I don't really want to. He can't work very well with that. He's not going to force his will on us. Will he continue to prompt you and drive you nuts with it? He absolutely will. He absolutely will. The one thing, um, the one thing when uh, we finally got a word, or Wade finally got the word, <laughs> that could um, allow him to take the risk to jump off into planting a church one of the very things that, that uh, God spoke to him were the words of, if you don't do it, it will drive you crazy. It will never leave you alone. It will never leave you alone. When God has something for you to do, it will never leave you alone. It will nag at your heart. It will pull at your spirit until you surrender to that thing. Because his plan is great. It makes no sense to us. It doesn't, uh, the cost seems great sometimes. And you know, for some of you, it may be raising your hands in worship is a great cost for you. But you know that God is saying, if you'll just do that and surrender to me, I'll pour out blessings of heaven on you that you cannot even contain. So it's not about size. We're not doing a size thing. Mine's bigger than yours or mine's smaller than yours all that. Did we all get equal? It doesn't have anything to do with that. But it does have to do with the fact that are you willing to allow him to expand you and to grow in you? And he didn't create us to play it safe. He didn't. To be s- sleepy and 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 uh, lethargic. That's How does that draw the world when we look like that? How does it draw the world? We cannot reach the world with that. Hey, come on to my church. We, you know, we just sit around and Everybody's sleepy, and but we got good coffee. (laughs) Who wants to do that? Don't we want to take them feast at a table where there's so much for you to receive that you will leave feeling abundantly overflowed? Your life will not be the same. God will transform your situation because that's who he is, and that's what we should be reflecting in the world. That should be who we are. That'll sound good on the podcast. (laughs) All right. The fact of the matter is playing it safe really has no place in the kingdom of God. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. So prepare yourself. It's going to feel scary because he asks us to go places in him we aren't always comfortable with. Just face the facts. That's the way it is. You move my daughter to Dallas, Texas, right? I know it's God, but my heart aches but I'm going to let her go. But you're worried about her being safe. I mean, I'm just assuming if I put myself in your place, right? All of those things. But she's off on a journey that God's called her to, and she's experiencing an abundance in God and a growth that she would not have experienced had she stayed. And so the letting go is, is hard sometimes. The stepping out is the hard part. Getting out of the boat. Jesus, could you ask me to come? I'm not sure I can get out on my own, but if you tell me to then I'll be more likely to listen. So prepare yourself. It's going to be scary. But he's saying, be brave, don't be afraid, I'm here. Be brave, don't be afraid, I'm here. And he is. It's likely to be a wild ride, and he's wildly passionate about you. He's wildly passionate about you and the plan that he has set forth for your life. And he is excited for you to fulfill that destiny. And he's going to do everything he can to move you along that path and that course if you just will take a risk. Will you take a risk? Stop playing it safe. Pour it all out for him. Pour it all out for him. We cannot compare him to our other relationships in this world. We want to because our experience trumps everything, right? Right? Our experience uh, tells us in life, if we've been knocked around a bit, that that's the way God's going to do us too. He's going to knock us around, and we just don't want to do that. So I'm just not going to take the risk. But his nature is not that of this world. His nature is not of this world. It is not. You know, um, in Isaiah, it says, uh, Isaiah 55, it says, for my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, as high as the heaven is from the earth are my thoughts for you, right, and the thing about that scripture is we could just say that that means we can't know him or we can't obtain, we can't achieve that, but what it's telling me is that I cannot compare him to my relationships and the things of this world and the way that my mind wants to think, but that there's a higher way of seeing situations and seeing who he is, and that I have to have to begin to tap into the way that he thinks things and where he wants to move us because his ways are higher. That to me means they're greater. They're greater. His ways are greater. Let's figure out how we function in that place. Let's know him in a way that we function there, that we know him that way. That we don't have to compare him to all of the rotten relationships and all of the negative things that we've experienced in life. We should not have the same expectation for God that we have for people. We should have greater expectation for him. So as a church body, we're relieving for big things in this house. And honestly, it is overwhelming. Like... uh. Outside of God, there's no human reasoning that it would make sense, but I know what God has spoken over this house, and so I have to choose to keep the faith and to believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do, and that we have to be faithful with the word. We have to pursue it. We have to be in pursuit of what he has spoken, so we're believing for big things here, and I, I share this because I believe that there are things in your life that are big to you that God wants you to accomplish. So we're believing for a regional breakthrough. And with that breakthrough comes both personal and corporate revival. So it's not just about me individually, but it has to start here. But it's about us as a body of believers. So that's one thing we're we're believing for breakthrough. This revival isn't something that will happen once, but we're expecting a lifestyle of revival. It's not 90 days, it's not seven days, it's not, you know, uh, revival services necessarily, but it's a lifestyle of revival that reflects through our life into the world that we're um, encountering. This lifestyle of revival impacts and transforms a generation it transforms a generation that's what we're looking for we know from just church history in this region there's not been something lasting that's lasted decades and generations but there have been deposits made there have been deposits and we want to see that flourish and grow so we can't accomplish that regional breakthrough and transformational revival in this area um, playing it safe we can't it's not going to happen it can't be accomplished we've got to burn red hot with passion for him we've got to burn red hot we talk about um, we talk about all the time wanting fresh fire but that fresh fire isn't for us it will transform us but that's only to build his kingdom it is not a light inside of us that was meant to be put under a bushel right hide it under a bushel no <laughs> right sang that a lot as a little girl It was sophie's favorite song for years and years all right so we we cannot do that we cannot we cannot do that we've got to burn red hot This is who we are because this is who he is. That's who we are. He burns red hot for us, and we should burn red hot for him. So, a few weeks ago in service, I heard the Lord say when he told me this, He said, Don't play it safe, not in your pursuit. Don't play it safe in your giving, and don't play it safe in your time in his presence. Don't play it safe in those places. You go after him with everything. You're not going to have to chase him down. You're not going to have to chase him down because he's right there. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to pursue him. But take a risk. Take a risk. So what are you holding back? What keeps you from giving it all? Just begin to think about that. In your own life, in your own situation, in your own life lived, um, in your circumstances, uh, the life that you have experienced, what keeps you from giving it all? Because I believe that God can change that today. And sometimes it's about a first step. It's just making that first step to getting there. In Matthew chapter 7, 11, it says, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask him? You would withhold nothing. You would sacrifice for your children. You will do without for your children. You'd storm hell with a water pistol and a grenade. you Nothing would stop you. What do you think those t-shirts mean when they say Mama Bear? Don't poke the bear. Right? We would do anything for our children. How much more does he, how much more does he want to give? How much more? He will hold nothing back from you, hold nothing back from him. Wade shared this scripture at the Watch Night service. And there's a pre-verse on it. It's Matthew 22, verse 37. And the pre-verse of that says, Lord, which command is the greatest? Which one's the greatest? And in the Passion Translation, it's written like this. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. That's all. (laughs) That's all. This doesn't sound like playing it safe to me. I always say this, and maybe because it really hit me, but I always said he wants nothing more than everything. <laughs> That's all he wants. <laughs> but what are we holding on to it for? What are we holding on to those things that hold us back? Why? 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 When we could have... When we could have this, right? What are we holding on for? So, this is what I feel like we should do as a declaration and an act of faith. Um, if you're ready to stop playing it safe, and I think that y'all are, And if you want more from 2021, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith this morning. So just begin as we're in this moment, just allow the Father to speak to you, to stir you if you're not already stirred. As you think about the words that were shared, And you think about your relationship with God. Has it just been a a safe, you know, you just play it. Now, he is safe. Don't get me wrong. But are you playing it safe? He will withhold no good thing from you. He will withhold nothing from you. Don't be afraid of him. So. With this proverbial leap of faith, right? Because that really is, it's a a worldly term that we use. But Peter, to get out of that boat, it took a leap of faith. (laughs) For Mary, it took faith. For Esther, it took faith. And they had to make that first step, they had to be willing to take that step of faith and not allow doubt to rule, to rule their heart and to rule in the situation. And you know, I'm gonna tell you that it's okay for you not to be absolutely sure when you make that step of faith. It's okay if I go, all right Lord, I know you're speaking. I know that you're dealing with me on this situation. But I I'm having all kinds of feelings on the inside and there's none of them comfortable. But I trust you enough that I'm just gonna take a step. And then before you know it, the waters begin to part. (laughs) And he opens up a pathway in a wilderness that you never saw coming. But he said, greater plans do I have for you than you have for yourself. And so this is what I feel like we need to do as a declaration. Is that through this, we're going to take that leap of faith and and take this step, not knowing it all, because that's what faith is, is not knowing the full picture, but what we do know of the Father, we're all in. Can you say that? Can you say, what we know, God, we know that you're not showing us the full picture. And your word says that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And so that means that every step I take, I'm staying in your word. I'm staying connected to you, Father. And you're shining a light down on my path. And I'm just going to follow you. And I'm going to keep my eyes on you. And what does it look like what the world would think it should look like? I'm going to follow you in obedience, Father, because I don't want to play it safe anymore. This is boring. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm worried all the time. And I just need to trust you. I just need to take one step, one step with you, knowing that you're not going to let me fall. You're not going to let me fall. You're right there with me. So I know this is a COVID climate, but I feel like most of y'all must feel pretty comfortable because you're here. And I just really believe that that leap of faith needs to be a walk to the altar. And it doesn't have anything to do with laying on of hands or anything like that, but it has you making a declaration to God. And maybe for some of you it's not coming all the way up here to the front. For you today, that step of faith is just to get up out of your seat and step out into the aisle, and I think you'll honor that. But there's some of you that know that you've got to come all the way. You can't just stick your toe in, but you've got to step all the way in No more playing it safe. This is what he wants. Do you want this for 2021? Are we ready to go all the way in? Let's go all the way in. Let's not play it safe. Let's not play it safe. So if that's you, come up to the altar. Make a step up here. A declaration of knowing who he says he is is true and just. And your life won't hold you back. Your doubt won't hold you back. You're stepping out in faith. You're stepping out in faith. You're not going to go on the history that you've had with relationships, with common worldly people. But remember, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than our our ways and higher are, are, are His thoughts. Father, we receive from You this morning, God, We make a declaration, Father, that we're not playing it safe this year. Father, we say that we're going to take the step forward. We're going to pour it all out for you. We're going to pour it all. We're not going to leave anything on the table. We're going to risk it for you because you are faithful and you are just and you are good. And we declare that today is a step of faith, a step in the direction that you want to lead us and guide us to. Father, we're moving forward in you. We're not staying We're not staying still. Yesterday's manna will not satisfy us. We need fresh. We need fresh anointing. We need fresh fire. We need fresh word. We will not grow complacent and dormant. We won't let our history dictate our future. We won't let our past stand in the way of where God wants to move us. We give you our yes this morning. We give you our yes this morning. We declare that playing it safe is not in the rule book of heaven. We risk it all for you because you gave it all for us. It's who you are. And because it's who you are, it's who we are, Father. We give it all for you. We give it all for you, Father. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.